It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. This afternoon, I am offering this resolution the committee direct the chairman to issue a subpoena for relevant documents and testimony under oath from Donald John Trump in connection with the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. If there's no further debate, the question is on agreeing to the resolution. Those in favor will say aye. 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 Those opposed is no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it. Well, uh, we hope with the subpoenaing of Donald Trump and his agreeing to it, it closes the chapter on a lot of the evidence we've shared. But he's, yeah. but he's fought subpoenas for so, no. so many years. I'm the best thing I can tell you on that is... The best thing you can tell you on that is what? Is ask Donald Trump. At their final, we think hearing last Thursday, and their big finale was to issue a subpoena for Donald Trump. His response has been a 14-page statement, which was issued on Friday, in which he said, uh, the panel is being made up of highly partisan political hacks and thugs. He criticized Congress for funding the investigation into the Capitol riot, uh, despite uh, what he called a charade and a witch hunt. He said the double standard of the unselects between what has taken place on the right and what has taken place with the radical left, lawless groups such as Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and others is startling and will never be acceptable, even to those who will be writing the history of what you have done to America. That's just a portion of his statement. We still don't know if he will testify. It remains to be seen. You know, Steve Bannon and others uh, did not respond to those subpoenas, and they've been, you know, uh, well, Steve at least was... I don't even know what his status is right now. He was arrested and charged, but I don't. I think he must be out right now, at least on bail. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen with that, and uh, we'll you will find out, won't we? I'm sure it will make headlines. But there are things that happen in that committee that are kind of mysterious. I I could talk a lot about this, but this this caught my eye. You know, they've talked a lot about documents from the Secret Service that they wanted to look into. They've demanded you know access to it, and they finally got it. But they're strangely silence about, silent about it. And I, I just found a phrase I was reading uh, in the Washington Examiner, who's no friend of Trump, trust me. And they report uh, this one sentence. It's way down. It's like on the fourth page of their article where they kind of analyze what happened in that committee. They say, Adam Schiff noted, also noted during the hearing that the panel found some of the White House and Secret Service witness testimony not to be credible. Okay, so now think about that. Probably the most important sentence in this, what, six or seven page article. Adam Schiff also noted during the hearing that the panel found some of the White House and Secret Service witness testimony not to be credible. Really? 
So you're not going to hear that. And evidently, they've gone silent on this. And I, I guessed, and I think I'm right, that it didn't go their way, so you're not going to hear about it. And so now, the other thing they did on that fateful day, Thursday, they played a never-before-seen January 6th footage uh, after after the uh, you know the riot that, that's what they call it after the riot began and actually Jamie Raskin set this up in the committee. Let's hear how he uh, state how he puts it. This is clip eleven. President watched the bloody attack unfold on Fox News from his dining room. Members of Congress and other government officials stepped into the gigantic leadership void created by the president's chilling and studied passivity that day. What you're about to see is previously unseen footage of congressional leaders, both Republicans and Democrats, as they were taken to a secure location during the riot. You'll see how everyone involved was working actively to stop the violence, to get federal law enforcement deployed to the scene to put down the violence and secure the Capitol complex. Not just Democrats like Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, but Republicans like Vice President Pence, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Majority Whip John Thune, and countless other appointees across the administration. All of them did what President Trump was not doing, what he simply refused to do. Take a listen. All right, so I'm going to pause because that's Jamie Raskin. He's on the committee. And you remember, this is all scripted by a producer. There is The other side is not allowed to speak, and you just heard, like, with those Secret Service memos, testimonies, whatever, you'll never know about that because, evidently, it didn't comport with their narrative. Now, Jamie just laid out their narrative that President Trump refused. He refused, and this is going to show you. you know, people were trying to stop the violence. This is what happened behind the scenes. Now, I'm going to play this for you, and then I have some observations uh, when we finish enduring two minutes of this. Uh, this is clip 12. Hi, Governor. Uh, this is Nancy. Uh, Governor, I don't know if you had been approached about the uh, Virginia National Guard. Mr. Hoyer was connect, uh, speaking to uh, uh, Governor Hogan, uh, but I still think you probably need the okay of the, uh, the federal government in order to come into another jurisdiction. Thank you. Oh my gosh. They're just breaking windows. They're doing all, all kinds. Of, it's really that somebody, they said somebody was shot. It's just, it's just horrendous. And all at the instigation of the President of the United States. Okay, thank you, Governor. I appreciate what you're doing. And if you don't mind, I'd like to stay in touch. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Virginia Guard has been called in. You know, I'm just talking to Governor Northam. And what he said is they sent 200 uh, state police and a unit of the National Guard. They're breaking windows and going in, uh, uh, obviously ransacking our offices and all the rest of that. That's nothing. The, uh, the concern we have about uh, personal harm, safety. personal safety is just transcends everything. But the fact is, on any given day, they're breaking the law in many different ways. And quite frankly, much of it at the instigation of the President of the United States. And now, uh, if, if he could, could at least uh, somebody. Yeah, why don't you get the President to tell them to leave the Capitol, Mr. Attorney General, in your law enforcement responsibility? A public statement, they should all leave. All right, so... I wanted you to hear that. So these are my, it, it's a lot longer than that. We, I wanted you to hear two of her statements. Here's the thing. 
Uh, we we uh, I watched this carefully. First of all, remember this was filmed by Nancy Pelosi's daughter. She just happened to be there, and so she filmed all of this. Uh, before anyone ever had accused President Trump of being responsible, I don't think that you know they had to come up with that. I mean, the, it bubbled through the press, and now it's the mantra. Nancy repeated that twice on this video. President Trump is responsible for this. He's the man responsible. Oh, look, they're breaking windows. Um, she goes on later to claim that um, they were defecating on the congressional floor. Did anyone ever report that? I never, ever, ever saw any report in all that I've seen of that. So here's my point. If you're afraid for your life, are you sitting on a couch next to Chuck Schumer kind of calmly? It's They're too calm. On the video, uh, if you watch it, you'll see John Thune, uh, Congress uh, Senator John Thune, and he looks like a man traumatized. He's like shifting from one foot to the next foot, back and forth, back and forth, like nervous, uh, adrenaline, heavy, you know. Uh, Not Nancy. She and Chuck are sitting uh, like as though they're reading a script. Look, they're breaking the windows. Uh, And uh, then they go through carefully tracking the, the police that are being sent in and the troops, but um, here's the point, you know, Nancy Pelosi, we know, was asked by President Trump if we could send in the National Guard, and she refused. So she's covering her tracks. I think this is part of the setup. I think they did this video to help their narrative. That's what I think. I think truly panicked people would not be so calm sitting on a couch as they were. If you see it, there's nothing about, there's no body language, nothing in their language even that would hint at being actually truly panicked. So I just, I think it's, I think it's more of the game, more of the sham. That's my take on that. And uh, if I'm wrong about that, then uh, forgive me. Uh, But I don't think I'm wrong about that. I've got, I've been around way too long. All right. I want to play something for you that I just really loved. Uh, Todd Bowles is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that because Adam wrote it for me. <laughs> I'm so bad at sports. But anyway, uh, I watched this video and I sent it to him. But um, um, Todd Bowles, he's, he happens to be black and he's getting ready to play in, uh, maybe this weekend they played, I don't know, uh, Mike Tomlin, of the, the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I believe it probably was yesterday. So they were both black coaches. And of course, that's a big deal to the press and to ESPN. They cannot, you know, race is everything, ladies and gentlemen. Race is everything. It's certainly at ESPN. Race is everything. So uh, the reporters uh, go back. One especially female, white female, white female reporter is talking to this black coach as though that matters. But it, but in our world, it matters. So uh, Todd Bowles had very interesting responses to her questions. I want you to listen. This is clip nine. You, you, and Mike Tomlin are two of the few black head coaches in the league. I wonder what your relationship is like with them, and your thoughts on Steve Wilkes joining that fold. I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, We don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of very good white friends that coach in this league as well, and I don't think it's a big deal as far as us being coaching against each other. I think it's normal. Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job. Hopefully he does it. And we coach ball. We don't look at color. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches or even football players, they see you guys, you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them, that has to mean something. Well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And 
I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. Oh, yes. So he's just saying, he points out what we're trying to say, that the leftist press is so racist, looks like you guys, acts like you, raised like you guys, and they'll feel, you know, this you'll be a role model. And he's saying, what are you talking about? Us guys, the way we're raised, the way we, we don't think of it that way. No. So, you know what? I've been there for a long time, and I'm sick of this, sick of it. We are Americans. I hate the race baiters. I hate people. I hate what they do. I hate what they do. And uh, this is why, you know, we need, we're all one people. And certainly right now we are fighting uh, for the future of our country and our children. And we are united in that fight. It's not black against white. That's just what the press and the left wants to do. They want to antagonize and divide us, make us hate each other. I kind of think it's not working, especially based on his statement there. Uh, the memo's gone d- way down deep. Uh, that you know, I've, as I go out in the community uh, where I live, and also uh, in other places, I just find just actually wonderful interactions with black strangers. I have great black friends, but these are black strangers, and I feel like they're thinking the same thing. Like, no, 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 no. How are you this morning? I'm fine. How are you? Look, we're not doing this. We're not going there. And I would encourage each and every one of you to. Uh, just stop thinking in terms of color. Uh, because, you know, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And so we judge each other uh, based on our heart and who we are as people and our character, not our color, which is, I believe, what Martin Luther King said. But, of course, he took that from the Bible. So uh, that has to stop. Meanwhile, uh, Herschel Walker did a debate with Raphael Warnock down in Georgia. Interesting, because the left is kind of a... I didn't get to watch it. I just saw part, uh, you know, read excerpts from it. It sounds like amazingly, Raphael Warnock was such a, you know, as a great preacher, very articulate. But Herschel Walker really uh, put him to shame in that debate. And so um, I, I, I can't go into it right now. But let me just say it sounds like it was a real win for Herschel Walker, even based on the leftist press, which I don't have time to play for you right now. Uh, but there are lots of things happening in, uh, in Oregon. Uh, the Republican, Christine Drazen, has a chance of winning. She's just gotten the support of Nike co-founder Phil Knight, which is amazing. They haven't had a Republican since 1982. And in New York City, Trump has just endorsed Lee Zeldin, who's moving up uh, uh, almost neck and neck with Kathy Hochul. So those are interesting things. All right. All right. From Michigan, an incredible story. Stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. Let's see. If something costs less but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Pause to Pray. 
A chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Nada Wolf Culver, Deputy Director of Policy and Programs at the Bureau of Land Management. She works to sustain public lands for the use and enjoyment of present day and future generations. Psalm 24.1 reminds us that the earth was created by God. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Right now with this in mind, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask for guidance for Nada Wolf Culver as she helps protect and sustain our lands. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country, and we're joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. Mercer University in Georgia may soon banish their homecoming king and queen to the garbage dumpster of history. The private Christian university says they're considering a request to rename the homecoming tradition. Instead of gender designations, students would be crowned homecoming royalty. There's also a proposal on the table to allow both homecoming royalty to be of the same gender. Mm-hmm. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the once Baptist university has gone full-blown woke. Mercer administrators say they were inspired by Kennesaw State University, a taxpayer-funded school. Students there have a gender-neutral homecoming court. Mercer's student newspaper quoted several students who argued the king and queen were not inclusive terms. Well, folks, just because the school claims to be Christian does not necessarily mean that's the case. And by the way, the most effective way to wake up the woke is for the alumni to yank their funding. I'm Todd Stern. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios, back with you. Uh, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. So many things happening in Michigan. They did all through COVID. They've been uh, so many bad things. And the people of Michigan have risen up. They are really fighting back. And I want to give you an example of something horrible coming up in Michigan and the fight in return. And let me just say that it's uh, the, the horrible part, and we're going to discuss it in greater detail in a few minutes with our good friend Ron Armstrong. But in less than a month, a proposal three is going to be voted on by all of you who live in Michigan. If you don't know about this, you must, you must, you must tell your friends and your neighbors uh, because according to proposal three, children will have a right under the Michigan Constitution to walk into one of Planned Parenthood's 12 so-called gender-affirming facilities in the state and without parental consent or knowledge obtain puberty, puberty blockers. There's more to this than that, but the pushback is an ad that's being run, I believe, by Stand Up Michigan. We'll find out from Ron in just a second. I want to give you a taste of what is the pushback sounds like. Here it is. Help me understand what's going on with you. You're just not yourself lately. Mom? Two weeks ago, I had an abortion. What? How? 
How? How is that possible? You're only 14. Your doctor didn't even tell me. My teacher said they wouldn't have to anymore since Prop 3 passed. I didn't know. I just don't understand why my son wants to sterilize himself and there's nothing I can do about it. What do you mean there's nothing you can do? He's only 10 and you're his mother. Prop 3 passed and gave every individual the right to effectuate decisions about sterilization. His teacher told him that if he wants to transition, he can do this. There's nothing I can do. If he decides to go through with it, it's his choice. I didn't know. Thanks very much for coming in. Look in all the tests. Everything's going fine. Baby is very, very healthy. But I need to ask you before we go any further, are you sure this child is not going to cause you any mental health issues? Fear, anxiety, stress? I mean, it's my fourth kid, so probably. <laughs> well, if you feel that way, we can terminate this pregnancy for you. How is that possible? Well, now the Proposition 3 has passed, you know you have the right to terminate this pregnancy up to the time of a birth. Really? Yes, if it would be advisable for the protection of your mental health. I didn't know. You are the county prosecutor. My 15-year-old granddaughter is dead, and you tell me you can't do anything to the person who killed her? I understand your frustration, but since Proposition 3 passed, the state shall not penalize, prosecute, or otherwise take adverse action against someone for aiding or assisting a pregnant individual in exercising their right to reproductive freedom with their voluntary consent. There's just nothing I can do. I didn't know. All right, so that's just part of that ad. You can see how powerful, even though we didn't land the plane with it, but Ron Armstrong, who is the founder of Stand Up Michigan, the head of it, former mayor of Nuego, Michigan, and a good friend, joins us this morning. He has alerted me to this, and I have to alert you. How could I do anything else? Ron, thanks for joining us this morning. Great to be with you, Sandy. All right, so um, there is a great article in The Federalist by Margot Cleveland that um, you recommended that I read that explains this, but we need you to explain uh, this. I guess what's happening is they're trying to sell this, meaning the left is trying to sell this, and the, the governor, Governor Whitmer, as a the uh, counter to the overturning of Roe versus Wade, right? That's correct. Uh, that's uh, that's what all the commercials and media are, are sharing with you, but... Um, and what I want everyone to know, uh, first of all, those that are in Michigan, yes, um, we're going to get to why it is you need to vote and why you have to share this video and information with everybody. I say anyone who watches this video, there is no way that this passes. It would be 80% plus if anyone watches the video because there are so many areas it touches. It has nothing to do with women's choice. It has everything to do with getting rid of parental consent. And uh, where we were at really with all of this is, is an understanding that I believe Michigan is a test state. Whitmer has gone along with uh, Benson and with uh, Nestle in Michigan 
to carry out the agenda of the globalists and the Biden administration, the Department of Justice, uh, basically, and if we can't do this at our Supreme Court, then we're going to do it at a state level. And I believe we're a, a roadmap, an incubator, whatever you want to call it, for what they want to see is legislation nationwide. This is the worst of the entire country, but it goes so much further than uh, just a, a woman's choice. This is all about controlling and literally taking control of your children. And uh, it, it's coming to a state near you. So don't think that it isn't. And this isn't about some crazy proposition. This is three weeks from becoming in, not only passing as a, as a proposal potentially, but being instilled in the constitution of the state of Michigan, which means it will almost be forever. And we will not only be the worst in the country, uh, but we will be, again, a perfect test state. It will probably then go to some liberal courts because the law will basically show again that all criminal statutes, including statutory rape, all of those things, as long as it's consent of a 12-year-old, it's going to be legal. This goes so far uh, that we have to pay attention. The whole nation needs to rise up on this. And a perfect example, one more thing, Sandy, is you saw the a legislator out of Virginia who was literally attempting to pass a law and propose a bill that would state that uh, if if uh, a, a parent was to not affirm the gender change of a child, that they could be charged with a felony and go to prison. This is where we are in America today. It's true, and it's it's so radical people can't comprehend. And also the 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 incredible wicked deviousness, Ron of appealing to women in the state of Michigan, and men too, uh, that this is simply reinstating the rights under Roe versus Wade to abort your babies and have that choice when this bill is so much worse than that. And it does, like in that little last vignette we were able to play, the woman was uh, obviously like eight or nine months pregnant, and that's when the doctor's telling her she can abort it if she is, uh, you know, it's, it's emotionally hard for her. And so that is part of this. That is part of this. But the other thing is that uh, we just played uh, the video last week that Planned Parenthood has been promoting to children about mm-hmm. their ability to go in and get gender-affirming drugs. And, and Pan- Planned Parenthood is behind this bill, are they not, this m- amendment? They are the author, yes. Yeah, so Planned Parenthood and the ACLU are the writers and authors of this bill. Uh, I want to just uh, this is a I want to do a drop in here, Adam. This will be clip four. Uh, this was just I just got this this morning, yesterday I guess when I was prepping. Uh, but this is from Boston Children's Hospital. We have a, a you know an epidemic of hospitals from Vanderbilt to you know Boston Children's Hospital to many many others that I don't have time to mention. Even uh, University of Florida, I believe, hospitals. Um, the uh, the castration of children. This is what they're doing. And they're doing it behind our backs, and in many cases where they've been discovered, they've stripped their websites of the information, but they are actively involved in this. And uh, I want this clip to play, clip four, because this is a doctor explaining uh, what they're doing with girls, as though it's just wonderful. Clip four. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed.
All right. So um, that is what they're actually doing. Uh, I'm not saying they're doing it to small children, but that's what it's leading to. These uh, these hormones are preparing them for that. The hormones themselves uh, perform a sort of a neutering process where uh, certainly when the kids are taking hormones, they're not able, if they, if they were having sex, they would not have children. Uh, but they have, uh, many of the experts uh, predict that this will cause sterilization. And that is something that children can't possibly know about. Ron, you have a lot more to say about this bill. I'm sure you do. So fill in the blanks about uh, other things that this bill will allow Michigan's children to do without their parents' knowledge? Well, it pretty much is everything. Uh, it starts out, of course, with your, your, uh, uh, your uh, obviously, the abortion, the transgender issue, the puberty blockers. Uh, it includes, of course, a parental consent, or I shouldn't say, for, for pretty much anything when it comes to school. The great, the, the, the great thing they tried to slide in here is they're not using the word a doctor or, uh, or even medical. It's a healthcare professional, which can be in, as vague as they wrote this on purpose, to be the counselor at school. Uh, so uh, it, it is, and the counselor at school can take you and get you uh, everything from uh, you know, birth control to uh, abortions to anything that puberty blockers, uh, they can change your name in school. They can change who you identify and not tell your parents. Uh, it goes on into the prohibits the enforcement of any criminal statutes against statutory rape of people because of the so-called freedom, uh, you know, reproductive freedom for all act. Um, it just goes on and on and on. Honestly, there isn't anything. Uh, you lose control of your child. And, you know, I talked about this, and I think I might have talked about it on your program when a year ago they put masks on our children, uh, the Lord just touched me and said that I believe that this is uh, the way to separate parents from children. It lets them know, especially in Michigan, you should have seen. We had to wait till 2 p.m. every day to find out what the governor would dictate next. Could your child take their mask off? Did you have to have your two-year-old in a mask in a store or they would get in trouble? And they would look at their child and say, you know, we have to wait and see if the governor will let you take that off. What this did is it began to set it up to where the schools were telling the child, you know, you can be vaccinated without your parents' consent. You can have this done without your parents' consent. Your parents just don't know. This is what I call socialism, communism at its best. It's much more North Korea and China than it is freedom in America. And our public schools have been down this road for 60 years. And I say they've jumped the shark here. I use that example because I think they have gone overboard. I think they've overplayed their hand. But if we're apathetic for one more year, if we're apathetic in Michigan for three more weeks, then you are going to deal with the repercussions of, I think, millions of lives that are going to be affected going to be destroyed. Obviously, a baby's going to be killed up until the time of, and even this includes after birth, because the the mother would still have the right to terminate it if it's alive after it's born. This is where we are in America. It isn't just in Michigan, and I'm telling you, this is just a a roadmap of what they want to see all across our country. I totally agree, Ron. Now, let's get real practical here, Uh, because I'm guessing that the propaganda that this Proposition 3 is simply reversing your rights and giving you rights to abort your child as uh, guaranteed under Roe versus Wade. Uh, I'm sure that's what they're doing. I'm sure it's pervasive. If it's not, you can correct me. But I want to know what you're doing with these ads and how people are seeing them and how can people get out the word and what can they do? Well, it's interesting. As I um, have been traveling the state, um, we decided to do a 
a bus tour because we realize we have to go face to face and it's time for churches to begin to speak about evil and to speak about what it is that we're facing from an election standpoint, from preserving our republic in regard to safe and fair elections. It's also in regards to preserving lives and the and what I say is the responsibility of a parent to care for your child. We are given it as a gift. It's our responsibility and no one else's. And obviously, it could never and should never be illegal to make decisions for our 10 and 12-year-olds. But we're already seeing the difference. So we are traveling the state. We are encouraging, and we've got the Catholic Church in, uh, involved. We have Right to Life involved. We have all the grassroots organizations involved. They have raised a lot of money. We've They printed 50,000 yard signs. Those are being out. But the truth is, we are being so censored on social media. Rather, it is Facebook. I am telling you, it is a disaster, people. Get off of it. Facebook is, a, is absolutely a mess, as is Twitter currently. They literally censor anything about proposals, anything about abortion, anything about elections. Uh, Facebook's already put out that after November 1st, they'll allow nothing posted or paid for or boosted about elections. That is a way to suppress your information. You want to call it about suppressing the vote. That's it. But getting our information out is very difficult. You put these videos out like this one, and we have put it up on our Rumble. Originally, it was put up on YouTube, censored immediately. Um, they literally do not want the truth. But boy, the Planned Parenthood ad can be seen everywhere. And you notice the inflection in that woman's voice, how natural it is for oh, yeah, you to yeah, do hysterectomies yeah. by changing. Yes. So oh, it's all, it's all, it's all, yeah, yeah, you just cut, we cut the fallopian tubes. And, you know, then we got the, yeah. oh, I was just like a valley girl, uh, wicked. Yeah. It is. So, so we are so, going uh, face to face. That's what we're doing. Okay, so Ron, let me make some practical suggestions. Of course, there are other outlets. Uh, there's Getter, which is what we're on here, uh, and Rumble. Uh, they're also sending this video to your friends directly from your email. Send it to your list. Send it to your church, for heaven's sake. Uh, and tell your neighbors. And this article, the one by Margot Cleveland in uh, The Federalist, we will put on our Getter page for you to share, all of you. And the ad, same thing. So that's where you can snatch it and share it and watch it. When, of course, we only played half of it. It is a great ad, Ron, that's very, very powerful. And if there's anything we can do to help uh, further, please, please let me know. But again, it's Prop 3. It's happening in three weeks. So uh, people of Michigan right now, the urgency is there in your state. And so rise up, fight back, do something, say something. I think I've said that before. Hey, Ron, it's great to talk to you. Thank you so much. All right, be right back. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Are you in need of hope, encouragement, and the love of God? I'm Pastor Salem. I'd like to invite you to join us for the Christian Worship Hour. For decades, I've been teaching the Word of God so that people everywhere can experience the love and power of a personal relationship with our Lord. Tune into this station this weekend and prepare to be blessed and encouraged by another life-changing message. Learn more about our program at ChristianWorshipHour.com. Do you feel like you're in control of your finances, or is it more like the other way around? Sometimes all it takes is a little help and encouragement, and we've got just the thing. It's Money Wise with Rob West. Every weekday morning from 9 to 10 Central, Rob and his money-savvy friends and colleagues help you stay in control of your finances. And it's not from the world's perspective, but from God's. 
Don't miss Money Wise with Rob West every weekday morning from 9 to 10 Central right here on AFR. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. As Paul was incarcerated, facing imminent execution by Nero, he told Timothy perilous times were coming. Evil men and seducers would wax worse and worse. But he instructed Timothy to continue in what he knew to be true. Then he emphatically stated, preach the word. As darkness mounts and wickedness increases, you and I must continue to cling to God's holy word and yield to the lordship of Holy Spirit in our personal lives. And we must absolutely continue to preach the word. We have our orders. Let's magnify the king. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. There were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. In races across the country, MAGA Republicans Joe Biden considers enemies of the state are surging past Democrats complicit in the president's wrecking operations on our economy, borders, energy, security, and the military, to name but a few. Majorities in the House and Senate are now in sufficient jeopardy that Democratic politicians and their media allies have begun discussing a topic they have actively dismissed and suppressed as the big lie of election deniers, namely that fraud can determine electoral outcomes. It seems those who insisted the 2020 presidential election wasn't stolen are now worried races this year may be too lopsided to steal. So, the prospect looms that Team Biden will go for Plan B. If not Putin's nukes or a new pandemic, might the war Xi Jinping has declared on Taiwan be the pretext for postponing our 2022 elections? This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. What happened in 2020? He called the 2020 election corrupt, stolen, rotten, and rigged. And there was no evidence of any of that presented in a court of law or anywhere else that any of those things are true. So why do you keep saying that? Well, there's plenty of evidence. We had 740,000 ballots with no chain of custody. Those ballots shouldn't have been counted. We had election Where is the evidence in that? Dana, there's plenty of evidence. You can find it. I can, I can, I'm happy to send it to your team. The problem is the media won't cover it. And there, we've covered really this extensively. And, and what you just said has been debunked. Only one side of it, Dana. The real issue, Dana, 
is that the people don't trust our elections. They haven't since 2000. I'm a reporter. I've been sitting on your side of the desk for a long time. And since 2000, we have Americans who don't trust our elections. In 2000, in 2004, they didn't trust the elections. In 2016, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, and Hillary Clinton, everybody on the Democrat side said the election had problems. Ms. Lake, there definitely has been some of that, but I want to say in 2000, Al Gore conceded. In 2004, John Kerry conceded. In 2016, Hillary Clinton conceded, and we didn't see that in 2020. That's the difference. And so the question is, are you undermining faith in elections by saying that the 2020 election was stolen when there's absolutely no evidence to support that. Dana, in 2018, Stacey Abrams never conceded. She still hasn't. I don't hear CNN calling her an election denier. We have the right, it's protected with our First Amendment, to question our government and to question elections. No question We about still that. have the First Amendment. Yep. We still have the First Amendment. And when you start seeing the media cancel people for questioning their government, then that's when we have a problem. You know what? Uh, I'm a big Carrie Lake fan. I have to tell you, I met Carrie, I don't know, at a CPAC somewhere. Uh, and she is just so personable. I mean, just uh, off the cuff. And so in this exchange with Dana, because I've done so much debating on television, you can get very angry uh, when someone is trying to uh, disparage you in the manner that Dana was trying to disparage Carrie. Carrie was just uh, calm. She's so capable. She has such facility with the facts and understands the deeper issues that she's able to respond uh, powerfully, but gently. It's just amazing. And respectfully, I think she's uh, wonderful. You know, she's running for governor in Arizona and she has a good chance of winning, but of course they're all out to stop it. And so, uh, but, but for, that was just really, Dana Bash, she's used to doing all kinds of gotcha interviews and she tried to get Carrie and didn't really succeed. And actually, I think we should put this on our getter page, too, because I think you should see the whole thing. So uh, so we will do that. Um, I want to just pause to say something personal for a second. Uh, you know, I was in Tupelo last week during Sherathon, and um, not, I can't say many of you in terms of the broad audience, but it was wonderful to meet at least some of you in that area, in the around Tupelo area, who came in to say hi uh, it was, uh, I wish I could, you, all of you listening nationwide could see the facility. They have a brand new building and they desperately needed it. It was just falling apart. It's a beautiful facility and the staff there works really hard. I wish you could meet them. They are just wonderful people, uh, working to make it possible for someone like me to talk on the air every day. And so we did our share for three days. Our goal was 4 million. And that's when I remember when I started with AFA, I think our goal if I recall, I thought it was one million, maybe two million. That's I was I've been with them ten years, um, so the the goal was big and an econ in a time of economic trouble, and yet we met the four million mark and exceeded it by four hundred thousand, four point four million dollars raised because of your generosity. I have never in the, all the time I've been sitting in this seat ever seen you fail to give generously. But it always blows me away. And so I just want to tell you, just thank you from the bottom of my heart for your generosity and your trust. And so um, so, so we go forward, and thank you for everything. And I want to thank the staff that they're listening this morning for the gracious welcome they gave to me and Bruce. And we just had a wonderful time uh, with our friends and family, our AFA family. 
All right, so thanks to all of you. Now, elections. Oh, yes, we have an election coming up, and I want you to know that AFA's got a an election radio special coming up. It's going to be uh, Monday, October the 17th, the night before the election. Uh, Walker Wildman is going to lead a panel discussion and talk about what's at stake for this upcoming election. It's going to be heard on the radio, so you can hear it live on the radio at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. Um, you can do the math, <laughs> figure out what time's on your end. The other thing is you can uh, live stream it. You can watch it on AFA Streaming. That's our new outlet. All you have to do is go to AFA, create a free account uh, at streaming.afa.net, and you can watch it in, uh, like it's television, uh, which it kind of is. So, uh, also, this particular election special is brought to you by AFA Action. AFA Action. And one of the persons that's going to be on that panel is Debbie Wuthnow. Be- Debbie is the vice president of AFA Action. She's a member of the board. She's also uh, one of the instrumental persons at iVoterGuide who has put that thing on the map and made it as powerful as it really is. It's our go-to voter guide. That's what we tell you about every time there's an election. And Debbie Wuth now is uh, is kind of the key person in all of that. Debbie, thanks for joining us this morning. Oh, Sandy, thanks for having me. Now, I'm reading. I Just let me do this part for you, but then I want to ask you some questions. Uh, you, I Voter Guide covers federal elections in all 50 states, statewide elections, legislative races in 20 one states has researched over 8,000 candidates and educated over 3.5 million voters across the country. But um, I guess the question always is, Debbie, how is are there a lot of voter guides? How is I Voter Guide? What's distinctive about it? Uh, well, what's distinctive? There's several things. To start with is that we come at it from a Christian perspective um, in that looking for the issues important to Christians, faith-based values, not just how they're going to vote on particular issues, but we really try to get at what is their worldview. Is it a Christian worldview or not? It is a personalized voter guide, so it's not like the pieces of paper you would be receive at church. You go to a website, which is ivoterguide.com, you enter your address, and then you just see the races that are on your ballot, making it really easy to use. And the other big one, it is based on data. It's not just answers to particular survey questions. But we have looked at what the candidates have done if they've held previous office. We look at their scorecards. We look at who gave them money. We look at who they received money from or chose to receive money from, uh, who's endorsed them and their survey questions. And the most unique thing is that we then rate each candidate. It looks like a gas gauge when you go get your voter guide, but it's a a rating from verified liberal to verified conservative looking at um, those issues important to conservative and Christian voters um, to give to make it really easy to use, not just because it's personalized and just your candidates, but that you can compare candidates of philosophy side by side. You know, one thing that you alluded to, but people, people might not realize this, voter guides have been around for a long time, especially Christian voter guides. I think Christian, uh, what what was the Christian Coalition? Uh, Coalition. Made, fa- mm-hmm. made famous a voter guide, uh, you know, t- t- 30 years ago now. <laughs> I've lost the decades. But somewhere along there, a long time ago, it was the go-to voter guide. But those were based on candidate questionnaires. And so if the candidates filled out the questionnaire about how they feel about certain issues, and then the, the voter uh, gu- guide would score that and let you know. Uh, but in the last probably, I'm guessing, around 10 years, I have found, and I'm sure you have too, Debbie, that candidates don't want to fill out these questionnaires. They don't want to commit themselves to anything, and that's Republican conservatives as well. Are you, did you, have you guys had that struggle? 
We have that struggle. Um, you know, we get better response rates. We cover the Republican primary election as well as the general election. We tend to get better response rates in the primary um, as high as 50%, which actually is pretty good. That is um, good. It does drop down. Yeah, it drops down during the general election because the, the Democrats frequently or uh, don't answer the survey because they don't want to go on record. But, you know, sometimes even rhinos don't want to answer the survey. They don't want to go on record. So that's why we look at other data points uh, in addition to the survey. And honestly, of all the data points I listed of campaign finance scorecards, if they've held elected office endorsements, and the survey. The survey, is the, is the, it's important to voters, but it's the least important when looking at what they're going to do, because candidates will say one thing and then sometimes do something else. No, you're, you're kidding me. T- that never happens. <laughs> you, you're, you're making that up. Anyway, sorry. I know. But yeah, the best predictor of what they're going to do is what they've done, which is why we look at, at, the, at the actions and not just the rhetoric. Well, and I, I also, I, this is what I do. Uh, I look to see who's giving money and who is supporting them, and that's what you do as well. I think that, that's just very mm-hmm. telling. Uh, that's how I have to make mm-hmm. my choices sometimes. When you can't possibly know about every race. I think people would like to know, Debbie, how you put this together. This is a massive amount of work. So what's the technical, uh, without going into too much detail, you know, how does this happen <laughs> that you get all this information? Well, really, this was created by God. There was a couple of people in Texas that had the idea. One of them had the philosophy of evaluating candidates. Another one was a, a programmer, a, a retired IBM programmer who'd written Bible study software and had this God-given idea, really, of doing a voter guide on the Internet. He queried the guy who knew the philosophy and created iVoterGuide. It's been around since 20, 2008, actually, just in Texas. 2012, we went nationwide, and we've been working with AFA ever since then. Um, but it's, it's this huge, massive database that we have built that is on the back end of iVoterGuide that gathers scorecards from hundreds and hundreds of federal and state organizations who score candidates. We download campaign finance data from the Federal Election Commission and from every state where we cover statewide or state legislative candidates. We go to that Secretary of State and download that entire database. We have millions and millions and millions of campaign finance records. And then we get endorsements. We have a whole team that's scouring the Internet and candidate websites and looking for who's endorsed them. And we've just got this great tool that's been built. It's really unique to iVoterGuide to put all this information together. And it creates a scoring page for each candidate. And then we have hundreds, close to over a 1,000 volunteers who help us dive through that, that candidate scoring page and actually a rate or score each of the candidates. So it's an army of volunteers. It's a fabulous, uh, you know, we've probably bought 50 or 60, maybe 70 staff that are part-time that, you know, help us with the research. And it's really uh, something God has uniquely woven together. And it's only the Internet that's made it possible to discuss Providence. Do you have a, like a prognostication of how many people you hope to reach this year, this midterm? Our, our goal has, has always been 5 million voters this year. And I will tell you, we're over 4 million so far. And uh, all the, we're just getting the last of the general election voter guides out. And I'm, I'm confident that we'll exceed 5 million voters that will use iVoterGuide. And, you know, the numbers you stated of the states that we're covering, that was in 2020. 2022, we're in federal races in all 50 states and statewide races in 35 states, state oh, legislative great. races in 33 states. And that's that means great. we have researched over 12,000 candidates wow. so far this year. I've been wow. trying to get that in front of 5 million voters. What a great tool. 
Uh, what a great service, Debbie. Something practical, because we have to get practical, you know. We have to know how to fight, you know. I I think of, I'm sorry, I'm going to make this spiritual. I realize it's an election, but I just think of the principle of uh, preparing for battle in Scripture about your the sword of the Spirit and the, the shield of faith. It isn't like by accident, you don't just hope I'm ready. You get ready. You get ready for whatever task God has called you to do, and I think this is a great, um, great source. It's iVoterGuide.com, I voterguide.com. And by the way, uh, remember that the election special, get out your little pencil or make yourself a note in your uh, your phone that you're carrying. Uh, it's going to be uh, October the 17th at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and, uh, and and uh, Debbie's going to be on that panel, and Walker's going. Walker Wildman is going to be, uh, he's the head of America, uh, American Family Action right now. Uh, and it is brought to you, by the way, by AFA Action. Do you know who else is going to be on that panel? Because I don't have it on my sheet here. Do you know? I believe that uh, the other AFA Action uh, directors, vice presidents, it's going to be Philip Geraghi, I believe, that's going to talk about judges, and um, Jameson Taylor, I think, but I'm not in charge. I'm just a guest. (laughs) No, that 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 actually makes perfect sense. I just was curious because people will ask me, you know. So anyway, I want to also explain... Uh, that if you you can listen to it on the on air that night, or you can create a, a free account at AFA Streaming. And that's um, you go to and remember all of the uh, the movies, uh, all the things that we have produced and we oh, produce some wonderful things are available at AFA Streaming. You can create a free account by going to streaming.afa.net. That's streaming.afa.net and create your account, and you can watch. Uh, this particular event on October the 17th at 6 o'clock, the election radio special on October the 17th. So that is tonight. That's tonight. It's tonight. What is the matter with me? I, did you notice it's tonight, Debbie? Sorry. I'm living I did. I did. life in the fast lane. I'm too fast. I can't even keep up with myself. But anyway, Debbie with now, we appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. And I hope you all, thanks for listening, all of you this morning. We are always, always appreciate Uh, your kindness uh, to listen and your trust. All right, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.